Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for 2019. Jingle, 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 jingle. Because I like the jingle. Because I'm keeping the jingle. Just for a little bit anyway. Um, Let's turn the way back clock to a little bit way back. Well, not that far way back. Say about September. The end of September last year the year of our Lord 2018, and there was an aisle, and there was actually a summoner's aisle, but there was a gentleman who, he was a he was a man, or some people might say he was a man, it was Robbie <laughs> Munn, <laughs> who joined us to, to have a chat about, um, well, to have a chat about summoner's aisle at the time that went on to um, fund quite well, mm, yeah, like pretty happy. much kind of like four times its target um, and at the time we had a really really quick chat and so um, I said at the time we'll get Robbie back on, just like to have a catch up and just you know just a general chin wag so I'm delighted that he is back on, so hello Robbie. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very good It's, uh, it's good Thanks. to be back on it's, I'm delighted to have you back on, you know, um, it's good fun. I've been looking forward to this awesome. for a while. Yeah, yeah me too. It's, it's, it's kind of one of those intrepid, I get really nervous about talking, but uh, I've also been looking forward to it. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I've been just, it's like 2019, mm. and it's like, well, what, what, could, what could happen? What's out there? Let's see what happens. Um, so I think it's fair to say that 2018 kind of finished up for you in a good place because the kind of the Kickstarter kind of funded. Um, yeah. There was a lot of people who were singing the praises of Summoner's Isle, and it sparked, it kind of caught up with the imagination of quite a few people. Um, and there was a lot of people saying some really, really nice things about it to yeah. the point of, as I said, you, you kind of got the funding kind of in. Um, from, I mean, where are you with the project just now? I mean, now that we're, we're kind of into into January, what's the, what kind of stage are you at just at the moment? It's uh, yeah, no, you're right. It was it totally blew me away the response that I got in uh, last year. I was always hopeful that it would fund, but um, I never expected it to fund quite as well as it did, and it, it meant we could uh, seriously unlock a lot of extra goodies, which uh, was never going to be in the original game without the extra funding. So that was quite nice. And none of the stretch goals were sort of ever planned to be there until we actually got over that mark, and I was like. All of a sudden, scratching my head, going, "Oh, right, you can actually do this now." <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, the manufacturing's been good. It's there's been a few delays. I say, yeah, you know, three delays so far, but um, they're all hurdles that we've got over. The current hurdle is getting it out of China. Actually, it's been sitting at the port, uh, Yan Yanatin, I think. I'm probably not pronouncing it right. Sitting at the port in China for the last week and a half, uh, just waiting for right. a boat. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of every day I keep checking the app to see what's going on, see where the boat is, and the boat is there. And then I've got a message this morning, and I was expecting it to say, "All your games be loaded on," but yeah. um, unfortunately, it was a message to say, "Oh, that boat's full. You're going to get the next one." <laughs> oh, you're joking me! So it's going to be loaded on early next week rather than this week. So it's only put us back a week, but uh, along with the other delays, it's kind of put us back almost a month. But I put a sort of gave myself a month's uh, grace within the original plan. So it's still looking good for March. It might just be mm -hmm. end of March mm -hmm. rather than early March. 
Yeah, I mean, um, that's pretty fantastic considering the kind of the current landscape with a lot of kind of kickstarters where people are kind of waiting kind of six months plus on terms of delays and stuff like that for the kind of games mm. the games kind of getting in um what was the experience like with the manufacturer i mean do you might did you um did you go through like a process of selecting kind of auditioning i guess kind of like two or three yeah different people uh... Yeah, it, it became quite painful in the end. It's because you go through recommendations, you ask other people like what they who have they have used, and everyone recommends their own manufacturer. Uh, very mm-hmm. few actually had anything bad to say about anybody, which was really nice. It seems mm-hmm. like the whole the game industry good vibe does extend to the manufacturers as well, which is nice. Um, but I was uh, really torn between using a European manufacturer, um, which could do the turnaround much quicker. Uh, and yeah, deliver it on time. And I knew the quality would be really good because I've seen their product before and it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Or spend half as much and wait longer and do it in China. And it was literally almost twice the price uh, doing wow. it locally. But then saying that, things crept in. Uh, things we weren't expecting, or I wasn't expecting because probably through my inexperience, things get cre- creeping in and that price could go in up and up a little bit. To the point where now I'm thinking, with all the delays, I could probably could have had the game a month earlier uh, mm. and spent just a bit more rather than twice as much. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of give and take. It's given, it's been a really good learning experience. Um, so for my next project, I'm sort of again exploring all the avenues, exploring locally and um, companies in Asia and uh, and even a company in the Netherlands, which I'm approaching. Um, just to see what the landscape is for like a really small box game because it might be totally different for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you looked at even like the UK? Or um, is it just nobody that would be that you'd be able to I think in a reach out to? The company I've really heard about in the UK was uh, Carterman. I'm aware of them through a professional, <laughs> through my day job. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, so, I hear they do really good cards. Uh, and if you've yes. got a card game, there's there's no problem using them at all. They'll give you a good price and uh, turnaround's really good and um, communication's really good. But if you're doing a board game, they're really expensive, or from what I've wanted anyway. Um, so yeah, it's not even worth considering at the moment. I mean, is that is that always going to? Do you think that's always going to be the the kind of the main fact for pushing out to China because the number of Chinese manufacturers? I'm sure it's growing. Mm, on a day by day basis, I think people are seeing kind of like the board game industry as a, it's a multi, you know, multi million, multi billion, is it well, potentially now? Maybe you know, um, and Kickstarter itself, they're saying that board games took up gave Kickstarter a massive revenue yeah. in twenty eighteen more than anything else. In fact, they also said that video games themselves actually dropped oh, really? in terms of yeah, yeah. I was reading that. Um, Yesterday, I think that they said that the revenue, the revenue based on previous years, video games seem to have um, dropped um, a reasonable amount, and board games seem to kind of keep climbing. I don't know if it's still the same kind of normal ratio where the actual number of successful projects is the same. It's just that board games seem to be taking in kind of more and more money. But I think I um, if that's related video to game- um, video games uh, being a lot more downloadable these days. Yeah, but I also think it's because video games are generally more expensive. Well, I don't I know. Think that, 
Mm, well, yeah. You look, I don't know. A lot of the Kickstarter games, you're looking at 100 to $150 for the base game. Yeah, but I think I'm thinking about development costs. Oh, yeah, I think, development uh, costs, yes. Massively, yeah. You know, I think, you know, I saw the thing for, was it Shenmue 3? Mm. And the guy kind of went on and he says, oh, give us, a, we got a couple of million. And then they had to go back and say, well, I wonder if we need to maybe do a little bit of extra funding to kind of, to kind of pay the developers. So I think, I think the problem with, um, with video games is that um, there's not kind of like an easy way to cut corners, I guess. I guess yeah. you can just, you can, if you promise a certain amount of content, um, there's not kind of like, let's go for the slightly cheaper kind of card option or let's go for the slightly different kind of version of resin or let's have to go, you have to plump for the 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 smaller dice or maybe not have the full colour kind of rule book. Yeah. I reckon, you know, board games still allows you a little bit of flexibility and I think there's been massive delays on video games compared to obviously, but I mean, there's obviously been a couple of hits in board games where you're like your, or, you know, your... Um, Ninja Division, I think, mm-hmm. with their disappearing, you know, we need a f- we need funds of eighty thousand to make this work. Actually, we needed four hundred thousand in order to pay the wages and cost. And you're just like, yeah. okay, so you never actually, your target was never actually um, would have got the game made if you had just funded. Nice. So okay. where's that coming from? But um, no, but as I say, from you, I mean, you've obviously, I mean, it, it's China. China still sounds like an attractive, an attractive place to do the kind of the manufacturing business. Then, well, at the moment, Europe would be is a, is more attractive, right? Uh, but it all depends on the price. It's and it, I suppose I think the price the price kind of scares you because most people doing this sort of thing in the level I'm doing it, at, they're doing it when they're sitting on the train in the evenings or whilst everyone else has gone to bed, you sit up and keep you developing going. So it's yeah. um. Any way you can save some money, then it's it's worth doing. But uh, um, I don't know. I mean, it all comes down to price, I suppose. If if I could get it like a third, even if it was a third more expensive than China, I'd probably do it in Europe then, because you just know you're going to get it a lot quicker. You don't have to pay the import taxes. Uh, <laughs> well. Maybe. I don't know what's going to happen yet, do we? I know, I know. Uh, but you shouldn't have to pay the import taxes. Uh, it's going to get here within weeks rather than a month on the ship. And then having to deal with the port issues and everything else. So it, it can knock off a good three months just by doing it locally and save yourself a lot of aggro. And then the opportunity to actually go out and see the factory is actually much more possible as well. Because a, a flight to Germany is a lot cheaper than a flight to China. Yeah, I mean, is that tempted to do to actually kind of, I guess, kind of seal, seal the deal and go out to um, go out and see them? You yeah, know, it'd be lovely. Gonna, it'd be nice to see where the games are made. Um, go on a job. I mean, the last uh, the manufacturer I used for Summoners Hour, they've been really good, and uh, they've mm-hmm. sent me lots of pictures and videos of the process and the packing the boxes up. It's been really nice. They've really made you feel a part of it, and I can't afford them at all for that. Um, it's only the. Uh, the delays that have been a bit of an issue. It's, I think it's part of the PR because I think that in turn, if a factory is going to be sending you um, kind of pictures of the production process, then they know that they're going on Kickstarter and oh, updates. Yeah, it's, uh, it's well worth which their means, well doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of self-perpetuating that mm. kind of like says, oh, look how thorough we are with the, 
with the process. I mean, I put an update myself out the other day, just to, <laughs> just of a joke of a kind of a, here's some here's some pre-production biscuits we've had made. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw that. Uh, but Desco's, and you know, I just kind of thought, well, I had to. There's no, I couldn't get around. I had to kind of put it up, and obviously, I, I was going to put up two pictures of two full biscuits, but then one accidentally. Um, fell and broken half um, in my mouth, uh, which is always, which is always kind of one of these things. Um, in terms of community engagement, yeah, have you? I are you still maintaining the level of community engagement that you had during the kind of the Kickstarter? Is that something you consciously have to be aware of as well? I mean, are you are you are you still? I notice you are. Obviously, you're sending out kind of updates mm-hmm. when there's something to update people on. But on things like social media, do you still feel it's a necessity to kind of just keep your head above the parapet and you know keep the backers aware that you still you're still existing, you're still alive, and everything like that? Yes, yeah, I've, I've never really been very good at social media and doing it uh-huh. properly. So it's, uh, I have to force myself on there sometimes. But uh, it's more of the, you do feel, and rightly so, you feel like you owe the backers, the people that have supported your campaign, um, evidence that you are still alive <laughs> and you haven't <laughs> run off with their money. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, I think it's really important to keep that face, um, let people know that you're still working on other stuff as well. So it's not just like I'm just doing this one-hit wonder and you'll never see me again. It's like you've, you've helped me build something, so hopefully we can keep working together to build more things. Um, but I should do better. I mean, there's so many different uh, board game Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I've seen people, I know people that do it, and they manage to comment on every one of them every other day or every day, and hats off to them. I just wouldn't know how to do that. I kind of pick one every other day and have a little chat, and then I'll pick one another day and have a little chat. So I'm not as visual as other people, for sure. But I do like to let people know that I'm, I'm, I am still involved and I'm still doing stuff. Yeah, but you don't want to look as like you're kind of being spammy. No, or no, well that's, you know, that's what I, a... I like about what other people do. They they just go on and talk about about board games, what they played at the weekend, etc. Their lives sound really interesting. Maybe I need a more interesting life. Maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to play more games. Nah, well, I I think there's always there's always an excuse that it's people playing more games and stop having them as you know I've so much space in my house the best way I've found to take up space in my house is to buy buy little boxes of cardboard and then you'd be amazed the amount of space I can take up because I can put <laughs> these little boxes of cardboard all the way kind of kind around the house um in terms of I mean with the continued engagement though yeah um, is this allowed you to kind of is it pushed forward your timetable for developing the next game well, that's, a, that's, that's a good question actually yeah. so. it kind of has I feel like there's a an expectation now whereas before I mean the last some of I was probably spent two years sort of tinkering with and I'm yeah. and whether I was going to go to Kickstarter or not and I did approach different uh, publishers as well uh, and to positive responses even though none of them took it I got positive responses from all of them, and that encouraged me to then go to Kickstarter. Um, Did you not email them and kind of go, just send them a screenshot of it being funded? (laughs) (laughs) 
No. He could have gone, do you know what I mean? This could be us, but you playing. (laughs) This could be be us, but you playing, kind of thing. Um, You know, know, we could have been holding hands, signed a deal. You could have had my aisle, but you're not. You're just going to be an island by yourself. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah I we mean, should not talk um, about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're you've um, for your next for your next project. Does that mean do you think? Well, I'm, you know, if I'm engaging with people, I've got a captive audience, so maybe it's kind of like let's are people sitting and waiting to see kind of what what basically what Robbie's doing next. I guess. I've not thought about it from that point of view. I don't think so. I don't think anyone's waiting. Um, But uh, you'd be surprised. It certainly made me be more aware of what I do in my spare time. So if I'm coming home on the train, it's like, oh, do I read my book or do I (laughs) rewrite these rules to make them worthwhile? It's um, so I I kind of give myself deadlines, and sometimes I give myself. uh, Frightening deadlines. Like today, I did one actually. I, I asked any, if anyone wanted to participate in a print and play of something I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And uh, lovely, but about, I got quite a few responses quite quickly. And I was like, oh, right, so I better make this print and play then. <laughs> <laughs> People are waiting now. I can't do it and then not, I can't say it and then not do it. So I'm kind of forcing myself to actually keep the creative juices, uh, uh, making all the, the good. Good stuff. Has it also given you the confidence to take, you know, other projects you maybe dismissed before back out of the drawer and say, well, you know, maybe this is also something I can kind of kind of look at. Have you kind of thought about that? I mean, way. is it? Yeah. yeah um, in a weird way, that's kind of what happened, but not for that reason. Right. As, okay. uh, my next project was always going to be a game called uh, Death by Dungeon, um, which is a, a card laying game where each card that you turn over is a separate room, and mm-hmm. there will be something in that room that is trying to kill you. And once mm-hmm. you survive the room, you've got to go to the next room. Um, and it's mm-hmm. a one to six player game, so it's quite open in that sense. And within the rooms, uh, all the various different dungeons, uh, there'll be some doors, and in other rooms there'll be keys. And once you find a key, you've got to find a door, but you might not find the right door to the right key, etc., etc. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. one of those games where, hopefully, it's fun, but you should hardly ever win. That you should, it should be <laughs> death by dungeon, uh, almost every time. But it should be a good fun <laughs> process doing it. Um, but it's a lot of work. It's I've got to make at least 150 cards or dungeons to make it work how I want it to work. And I want it to be as varied as possible and have multiple sort of uh, avenues and different ways to play it. And each character has its own benefit um, and negative as well. So it's uh, it should be very replayable, but it means a lot of work. So that was what I was going to concentrate on um, until I was at a convention in... Oh, I'm going to say four stairs. I hope I got that right. Uncon. And I was uh, talking to some other publishers there about this other game that has been, again, been on the back burner for ages. Um, it started out as you're a bunch of amoebas uh, trying to fight it out in a primordial soup, and uh, the strongest amoeba wins. And it was a bit, it was using dice in a sort of rock, paper, scissor, lizard, spot type scenario. And it was very complicated. Uh, it took a lot of math to get four dice to have seven icons on, 
but evenly spread out with eight icons, nine icons, evenly spread out um, amongst the four days. The Spanish Inquisition yeah, of icons. It just a bit, oh, it, it, and it worked. It just wasn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I took it to this convention because I thought, okay, I think this. I don't think this works. I don't think this is a game. I think this is just a mm. mechanic, and mm. I can potentially use this in another game. But the whole thing was inspired by I wanted to make a dice game that you can take out at any point, have in your pocket, have in your bag, a bit like um, zombie dice. Yeah. Uh, and that was my challenge originally. Make a game that's so easy you can take out anywhere, use it, put it away, use it as a filler game in between other stuff, um, but make it light and fun. So I took it to convention and showed it a few people and we all concluded at the end of the day it wasn't a game. And I was like, great, I can stop thinking about this now. This is brilliant. I can just put it aside and just concentrate on Death by Dungeon. And I was driving home, and it suddenly dawned on me that if I totally change the game, but still keep some of the similar premises, yeah, I can make it work. And then on that drive home, Sumo Gnomes was born. Because um, <laughs> what's better than Sumo Wrestling Gnomes trying to kick each other I, off of a tree stump? It's... I, no, I, I was <laughs> thinking, but... Um, no. Mm. No. Right, I got really no, excited about it. I don't think that is. I think that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, what, so within a week... What made you come up with that, though? I mean... Um, and then two weeks... Yeah, two weeks after Uncon, it was Dragon Meat. And then I uh, already had a prototype made, took it to Dragon Meat, and got some good feedback. So I've just been concentrating on that over Christmas and uh, polishing that. So uh, even though Death by Dungeon was my definitely going to do this game, it hasn't had a look in at all. <laughs> so is it just kind of lit the fire of imagination mm. and that's it this is what you're doing this is what you're kind of concentrating well, on yeah yeah because I, I ran with it and uh, I kind of want to finish it before I move on and um, I think I have I think it is finished so uh, we'll wait and see see what the playtesters say once the print and plays go out uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure there'll be lots of things that I've missed or maybe I could write things better or maybe we can add in a few more moves um, but uh yeah, it's a fun little game that can take anywhere between two and eight minutes. It's not a long game. Uh, this is sumo. You're just two little gnomes trying to push each other around until someone wins. How does it work, then? Um, very simply. So you've got four dice. Mm -hmm. I say simply. I'm going to make it sound overcomplicated now. You've got four, well, four dice. I mean, that is your prerogative and, to make uh, it sound, you know, a very simple mechanic. Yeah. But go for it. Uh, you have two... Your gnomes are also dice, so you've got a gnome that has a like a side, a back, front, and a top-down view of the gnome. So that's what you place on the board. And the board mm -hmm. is um, four, eight squares, almost in a kind of circle. And uh, I start in the middle, and then you roll your dice, and you have two that you keep in reserve that you could potentially use for your next go, and two that you action there and then. So mm -hmm. each turn you're always doing two things. Um, but then when it comes down to your next go, you don't roll the reserves because you lock those. Uh, you just roll the two that you originally used, and then you mm -hmm. pick again from those four which ones you want to lock and which ones you want to use this turn. So you're always trying to plan the next turn ahead. So okay, yeah. right, I've pushed the gnome into that corner. So if I if they don't get out of that corner and I save these two, then I've won. And then it's up to that person to because they know what's coming up. They can see okay, yeah, I've lost this. So they have mm -hmm. to roll their dice and then choose from their reserve and their two actions 
to see what they want to do and potentially get the upper hand because every position on the board is quite dangerous. Um, you could think you won, but then someone could pick you up and throw you out. It's uh, it's all possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in its it's simple in its premise, and yeah. the original prototype that I took to Dragon Meat, you only had four actions, so it's very easy. Um, but now you've got eight actions, and three of those come about just by one of the other actions, which sounds complicated. So basically, once you grab a gnome, it opens up more options. So instead of one of the dice just being a push, it's now a, a shove, which means you can push them off the board. Oh, right, uh, whereas okay. originally, you couldn't do it with that dice. Um, so once you grab someone, the other person's in quite a dangerous position. They've got to try and get out of that grab, uh, or they're going to get pushed off. Um, but it is quite possible to grab them back in return and then throw them off yourself. So it's... It's not all game over once you've been grabbed. It just gives you a lot more options once you grab them. Uh, just like in Sumo, once you've got hold of their just belt. Just like in Sumo. It's, it's a, a fight to the death then. It's, well, not to the death. Um, but it's a, a struggle because, like, okay, they've got me belt. How am I going to get out of here? You've got to wiggle out or you're going to move out the way or you're going to make them fall out the way. Uh, or maybe you can grab them back. They, they've got the kind of options you get, which... Yeah, at the moment you can do with just a six-sided dice. And all the dice are the same now, so it's not really complicated. It just means various combos open up new actions for you. Is this something you could put in a tin then? One of the mint tins? Yeah, I've designed it to fit... Not quite a mint tin, I think it's too big for that. Uh Um, But I've designed it to fit in a box the same size as Flux. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's a Flux-sized box. It can fit in your back pocket, easy enough. Or in a coat pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the board... Is uh, is half the size of the box and then folds out, so it becomes double the size of the box. The oh, the cool. rules will just be a sort of a, a sheet of paper folded twice, so that fits in. Um, the lid and the base, the box itself becomes your uh, uh, dice tray. So I'm going to think the way I kind of because I wanted it to be as portable as possible. So if you're sitting on a train and you've got one of those little flip down tables. You can easily yeah. put your board on, and then you've got your two dice trays either side, so your dice are going all over the place. Yeah. Um, so you could take it to the pub, take it to a cafe. It's uh, yeah, it's it's working quite well so far. I mean, are you? Is this where you're going, kind of with the design? Are you after doing kind of summer's summer's aisle? Are you? Are you thinking of keeping things that you're doing kind of, kind of medium to lightweight games? Uh, well, yeah, at the moment, as a Super Names is definitely quite lightweight. Yeah. Um, Death by Dungeon is uh, probably light to medium. There is actually a follow-on game I've been working on in the background to Summoner's Isle, mm. where you actually are summoners on the mainland. So you've graduated, you've gone to the mainland, and now you've got to close portals and stop monsters coming through, etc. But uh, that's that's quite a big one. So I think I'll probably do that after Death by Dungeon. Or, you know, if things progress, hopefully I can get some help and uh, share the uh, dev time with um, a fellow designer. Is that, I mean, I mean, is this, there's a few things that, well, okay. Let's collect my thoughts back in my brain, okay. I've seen quite recently a push for people who are successful in Kickstarter to publish other people's games. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. So I'm looking at, like, say, Lewis Shaw at Braincrack. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, I mean, 
Cesar at Alley Cat Games yeah. seems to constantly have, you know, games that he's he's publishing kind of other people's ideas, other people's designs. Mm. Um, Carla Cop, um, and they're doing kind of uh, Galactic Raptor. Um, she's uh, she's she's in a, a kind of a, a joint venture at the moment, um, and um, so that you know, Animal Kingdom that's currently on Kickstarter. I think Steve uh, Aramini that designed it, he's going to be coming on the show um, rather soon. Really? That'd be cool. Um, is that is that a direction? Would you do? Would you consider doing that yourself if if you had a really really good idea and say you were at like I don't know. If you went to Dragon Meat again, you know, or you know, you you met kind of with like say Cesar, and they said, "Well, look, I really like the the Gnome Sumo game. Mm-hmm. How about if we take it off your hands? We do a couple of things, you know, with the art. You know, would you? Is that something you would consider to oh, kind yeah. of guess, kind of look at reducing the risk? Um, yeah, definitely, and not no probably not for reducing the risk though, uh, mm-hmm. more. So you can keep working on other stuff. Because uh, I'm no artist, mm-hmm. I'm no graphic designer. Uh, mm-hmm. I do my best to make things look how I think they should look. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I always get compliments on what my prototypes look like because I do put a lot of time and effort into them. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, if I can just hand over the idea to someone else, that's fine. Because my first game that came out, but it wasn't published by me, it was uh, War of the Nine Realms with Rotan Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very happy for other publishers to do that uh, and it means I can just work on new projects that's absolutely fine um, I don't think I'd ever be in a position to publish other people's games because unlike the people you mentioned they're doing it full-time um, that's how that's kind of their it is their jobs and uh, it's important for them to release multiple games each year and to um, sort of keep that their business model uh, turning over Whereas myself, at the moment, I couldn't ever see this taking over my day job. And it's something I can do in my spare time and uh, and still have fun with it. So at most, I'd probably only ever publish one game a year. Yeah. But if I can yeah. publish games through other people, that's absolutely great. Yeah, definitely do that. Are you, I mean, is there the kind of the bigger kind of box game? I mean, is there the behemoth sitting in the back drawer somewhere that's got kind of like um, bastardised versions of other people's minis that you're using and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, do you have that kind of big box game kind no, of sitting around? I can honestly say I don't. It's uh, War of the Nine Realms was one of the biggest projects I've worked on. Uh-huh. It's, um, that took a lot of brain power. Uh, and I originally was working on that with a, another designer. We sort of put the bulk of it together and then when we met um, Lawrence at Rotan, it kind of changed into what mm-hmm. it is now and it changed direction which is where I spent a lot of time just developing it to fit their model mm-hmm. um, so in a sense we could always go back to that original idea because it's still a really good idea and uh, we created a world for it we created maps and law for all the different races um, mm-hmm. that's all sitting on hard drives somewhere that could be revisited and we have talked about revisiting that a few times but in a slightly different way but but whether it would be a big behemoth or whether it cut it down into something smaller, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Now, I can notice, uh, apart from that, I don't think there's anything too big. Death by Dungeon is probably the biggest project I've got coming up. 
all the rest are quite small things. I mean, where are you in terms of like kind of sticking in with a hobby? I mean, are you are you like everybody else, kind of having to turn left, right, and centre to kind of keep up with kind of the latest hotness? I mean, do you Matt, do you do you manage to get time to go ahead and kind of sit down and play yourself? Do you regularly kind of get games to the table? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got a lovely group of friends, and we meet up every week, uh, and we always play something, but. Generally speaking, we play um, RPGs, so Vampire the Masquerade or right, okay. uh, the, uh, what's it called, Pathfinder, or oh, what right. else have we played? Um, Tales of the Loop, quite recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, or we get Star Wars back on the table. I haven't played that for a while, and another friend wants to get a game of Fantasy Warhammer back on the table. So yeah, RPGs take up a lot of time. I think it's it's only when someone's missing that we crack out the board games, and that's it's quite it's always nice because we always play something. So last week we played um, Puerto Rico. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's the week before actually Puerto Rico. So last week we actually played the um, Betrayal on the Hill Baldur's Gate version. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that any good? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sold on it yet. Actually, it's I think it's a really good concept. But it's a little bit hit and miss. So the first time we played it, it was great because we were doing our explore, 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 and then the haunt happened, uh, and it was quite exciting. Monsters spawned everywhere. We didn't know what their objective was. We just we didn't even know who they were because all the haunts became under his control, and he was one of them, but we didn't know which one. So we had to try and find him, and it was yeah, it was quite exciting. Whereas the last time we played it. Uh, he left the room, he read his bit, he came back in, he put some things down, and then one turn later we'd found him, killed him, it was over. So, okay, so that was <laughs> a bit of an anti-climax. There's not a lot you could do about it, because we just happened to find the right weapon combo. The, the right person found the right weapon, so they could hit him and kill him in one hit. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Is that it then? Yeah, Everybody go home, that was relatively easy. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's got potential to be really good, and I like the concept. Uh, it's just big, that sort of hit and miss ratio of is it going to work or not I'm not sure I like that I'd rather play a game I know is going to work <laughs> Is there anything you're kind of looking forward to kind of you're thinking about kind of grabbing this yeah, year or is there anything mainly Kickstarter's coming up actually I'm quite excited about yeah. it I'm a big Batman fan and uh, sweet I, I went yeah. for the, um, the monolith Batman all in. Oh, did you? Really? All in except for the Batmobile. Cause, just because I didn't like the Batmobile. I just, it might be a really good component and fantastic gameplay, but I just didn't like the look of it. It didn't fit sit with me. It wasn't from any of the Batmen I like. Um, so, uh, yeah, apart from that, uh, yeah, that's going to be pretty epic. Looking forward to that. I would do play a lot of Legion as well at the moment. And uh, they're always releasing new models for that, and that's that's been a lot of fun. Every time they release a new model, it's, it's great to get them to the table and see what they can do and how they change the game. Is it getting? Is that kind of? Because my my um my concern with Legion was it was going to be an on the ground based kind of X wing game. Mm-hmm. Is it what would happen basically? Is you'd start off with your base units, but every couple of months they'd be releasing new new units, and that would effectively have a a major effect potentially on the meta of the game and then how you had to play. 
so it kind of left the chances of you. That was my issue. My issue with X Wing was quite simple: is it it moved from being something where the expansions added continual value and fun yeah. to where you felt they were just rolling out. You know, oh, here's the here's the potato ship that appeared on the <laughs> Star Wars Christmas special. Do you know what I mean? Here's the extra three dials that it has, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that kind of kind of put me off, and that was what kind of put me off with Legion is that they kind of gave you, well, here's all the wonderful figures, and you went Star Wars, Star Wars, and then you were chasing after it down the street, but then you realised you were like, actually, I've been burnt before. Yeah, I know Fancy what you I've been here before. I've got, I've got an entire, I've got a case in my cupboard that's got, you know, lots lots of lovely X-wing models. In fact, in fact, I've got the blockade runner sitting in front of me. Oh wow. Right, I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Everyone else is going to go, but he's not, it? he can't do this. Uh, no, <laughs> to my shame. Actually, do you know what? Um, I kind of got, um, I kind of like got rid of the box. Oh, right. Because the box was wrecked, but I've kept everything else. But it's like, it's just like a bit of a, yeah. I was kind of like, I'm not going to use this. I'm not going to play this because it's like just all the rules and everything like that are just going to confuse me. However, what I will do is um, it, it looks absolutely fantastic yeah. when it's on the table. So I thought I'll just, you know, I'll just hang on and, and keep to that. And that was my concern with um, Legion. It's kind of my concern with any of the um, kind of the fantasy flight stuff. Yeah, they did turn, it felt like at least they turned uh, X-Men into quite the cash cow. Um, where I got particularly frustrated when they released the ship and the ship was it was okay. It's quite a good ship, got some nice cards with it. But to make that ship really good, you had to buy other ships which had cards that really suited your ship but didn't come with it. And it kind of was like, oh, I don't want to buy every ship. <laughs> I just want to buy the ship I got, but I really want that card that is with that Imperial ship, which I'm never going to play because I'm Rebels. So, it's, yeah, it got frustrating. But um, I know people that love X-Wing, they play it every single week. So for them, they they haven't been uh, jaded by the experience at all. They, they absolutely love it. Um, Armada. Armada is the one that continuously I want to to go back and revisit and play again because I had a, I had an awful lot of fun with Armada when I played it at the time. I've never played Armada. Um, it's kind of like um, <clears throat> more tactical, more tactical kind of X-wing. Okay. Um, it was like the big bulky ships moving around, and the kind of like the X-wing fighters were kind of like they're small. Mm. There's like uh, little swarms of like two or three of them on a stand. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. This is going to sound terrible, but X-Wing for me got a bit boring sometimes, yeah. depending on who you were playing it with. You really needed a really experienced player to turn it into a tactical dogfight. Otherwise, it just came around, you know, three ships chasing each other around the board. That's true, yeah. Kind of thing. My, the best Which is thing, what, as a, my best experiences playing X-Wing have always been in tournaments. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, yeah. But, it's like um, it's like playing um, it's like playing Overwatch in free play and playing Overwatch in competitive. Mm. You know, when people absolutely, or any kind of online 
kind of video game. When people, you know, if you play it on the actual the the kind of the serious ranked matches, you always seem to have better matches because these are people that have learned the characters kind of in and out, and they can really kind of have a have a kind of a good time. But um, yeah, I think to go back to your original question, I don't feel like legions go in that way. Um, I think it's mainly because with X Wing, even though they were there, like missions and environmental hazards and stuff are available, not many people actually use them. Whereas in Legion, you every time uh, you're picking like a starting position, and you're picking the environment, and then you're picking the actual objective. So each time you play mm-hmm. it, it's going to be different. And then the more cards or the more models you buy, the more varied that becomes because more get chucked in. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they are people, um, I mean, if you're a really big Star Wars fan, you'll know all the pilots in X-Wing, I'm sure. But um, most people will know, any sort of even entry-level Star Wars fan will know all the basic people in the uh, Legion. So it, gets, it becomes much more thematic. And you do things based on what that character would do rather than what's logical sometimes. Mm-hmm. And fact, he's definitely going to fly over that and then fire his rockets. That's what he'd do. Yeah. He's not going to hide yeah, behind exactly. a tree, is he? <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, he's not going to stay line of sight, is he? He's, 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 a, he's not going to, Why would he use his pistol? He's got a lightsaber. Charge in there. <laughs> <laughs> He's a man. He's, you know, he's he's a he's a Jedi Knight for goodness' sake. Why yeah. isn't he choking everybody? Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> exactly. Darth Give him choke. Yeah. Give him light force lightning. Do it. Come on. <laughs> if the the Emperor force lightning everything, your guys, their Thanks. guys, doesn't matter. Force lightning every single turn. <laughs> I would first of all, I would like just. Um, get the stormtroopers to fill up lots of water balloons and then I would send them out mm. and then hit everybody with water balloons and then I would force lightning everybody Brilliant. because they would all be wet <laughs> and, they would, and they would shock an awful lot better basically yep that's how I would play it so pretty could, much um, in the Star Wars role playing game you could definitely do that that absolutely would yeah, go out so no, Legion's good to... because uh, it's much more thematic I feel it feels more thematic than um, X-Wing. But again, if you're playing with the right people, X-Wing's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And, and as I say, Armada, for me, was fantastic. It was just it was just because you are playing huge ships going up against each other. And um, I just, I don't know, it just really clicked with me over... I actually, it clicked with me so much that um, I think I, I wrote a review about it a couple of years ago and just said... Um, um, yeah, and I, I gave the same arguments at the time that why I was jaded with X Wing and why kind of Armada was new and shiny. To be honest, I I guess the other thing is that because of my experience with X Wing, I haven't kind of gone out and I didn't go out and automatically buy everything that there was with regards to Armada, and especially I'm not buying the Avenger ship that's come out. You see, mm. it's meant to be about two foot long. This yeah, thing, it's about hundred twenty quid, and I'm just like, I would just like to see. I would just like to see that. And it's a case of, if you bought that, would you actually want to take it outside or would you just want people to to come round the house and kind of see it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd be interested to see how Batman plays. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to Batman. You mentioned there's, that. Yeah, there's a few things I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to Batman. Definitely looking forward to... Um, always get it the wrong way around. Is it Untold Legends or Legends Untold? Oh, you put me on the spot. It's Legends. I think it's Legends Untold. Yeah, yeah, it's Legends Untold. Yeah, really looking yeah. forward to that uh, by inspiring games. That's 
I've been looking forward to that since the Kickstarter, and I'm still excited about it, even though that was two years ago. Yeah, it's two yeah. years ago. Yeah, still yeah. excited about that. And uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I got a Dead and Breakfast turn up. Oh, yeah. From, uh, what's that like? I'm going to crack out this uh, weekend and play it with uh, uh, Mother Half. She's, uh, I think she's oh. going to like that, because it seems quite... One of those games is very simple to play, but then once you get going, it's getting those combos to get the most points out. So getting all the flowers yeah. to line up with the vines and making sure your monsters uh, match the uh, guests that you're getting in. You know, it looks good. I've just had a quick look through the rule book, and it, it does look quite very accessible, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to um, I'm interested to kind of. <sighs> I mean, Kickstarter's coming up. Mm. I'm kind of well. No, I mean, I'm interested in is it uh, uh, Vidorian Gardens um, from the Frank West? Oh, that's right. yeah, arriving yeah. pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. arriving soon. It's meant to be just a little. It's meant to be a lot off a little bit like King Domino, but it it reviewed extremely well. Ah. I remember Polyhedron Collider kind of really, really liking it. Rory J Summers. Yeah. Um, he really liked it as well, so I know that they sung his praises. So I'm interested in kind of seeing that. Um, Guardians Call from um, James Hudson. Um, oh yeah, Druid City Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's going to be making an, a, a kind of an appearance quite soon. Um, for me, I'd like to see the Bloodborne board game is out oh, this yeah. year. See, I and never Eric, got a chance to play Dark Souls just because it was out of my price range when it came out. Um, and even though I love Dark, Dark Souls as a series, it bothers me mm. that there's so many going out for second hand. That seems like a silly thing to worry about, isn't it? But it's like every other day someone's trying to sell it. I was like, is that because it's not very good or is it because it just doesn't get to the table often enough? Maybe it's a bit... There's, I don't know. There's a tale on that because... Um, the stretch goals haven't been delivered on it. Ah. So, basically, a lot of the additional characters that were promised at the Kickstarter, they are going to be delivered, but they're part of... They had three waves. They had the Wave 1, which is the base game, and then they had Wave 2, which was the expansions that they had. So they had Dark Root expansion, they had the Four Kings, they had a whole pile of expansions, the Gaping Dragon and everything like that that they were sending out. And then at the same time, I think shortly after, they were still meant to be working on the stretch goals for coming out. Right. So they're still promising the stretch goals that are coming out. But they've they um, other stuff since then, they haven't they? They they've been doing. They did the Resident Evil board game. Yes, that, that's just been delivered, isn't it? Or being delivered now? Yeah, and they also did the they did the Horizon Zero Dawn mm. board game as well. Oh wow! Okay, um, but yeah, yeah that's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouth if they haven't got the original stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So I'm interested to see. I think the thing with Dark Souls is people are still waiting for stretch goals, which meant when they were looking at Horizon Zero Dawn, I think a lot of people kind of went, mm, "I'm not sure because how difficult can it be to to be moulding." And creating kind of figures that you you're not really sculpting them. No, you've they, pretty much got exist. the kind of this. You've kind of got the source material there. So what's the kind of the hold up? So I think there's a lot of people just saying, Do you know, what? it's a big box. Um, it needs house ruled. Oh, I see. 
it's not it's very very random as in I think the thing about Dark Souls and, and I mean you'll know as well as I know it I don't know how much you play Dark Souls or have played it um, I've put hundreds of hours in the Dark Souls Yeah. so I I can basically I can play through the game if I wanted to in my head if I had nothing wow. to do and I was absolutely bored I could probably play through at least the first half of the game very very easily knowing where everything was and I think the issue with the Dark Souls board game was it introduced a, an element of random items which you would pick up an item but you weren't necessarily strong enough right okay so you weren't always picking so up things had... suitable to the level that you're at yes Yes. So you had to spend souls in order to buy an item, but you had to spend souls in order to level up your champion as well. Yeah, so it's always worth never buying anything. Yeah. So if you if the deck if you shuffled the deck incorrectly, you could end up pulling when you did search or you got your treasure or whatever, you could end up pulling three or four items which you couldn't actually use anyway because they were maybe the wrong class or you just couldn't use them because you were you know you were you just didn't have the right strength. And so there was a lot of I know personally what I did is I I stacked the deck into three or four different piles. And then what I did is as I leveled up I moved the deck so I knew I was getting just like in the game, I was able to wield the better and bigger weaponry as I needed to go. Um so that's how I kind of worked with that. Um so that's how that worked, which I think it worked kind of well. But I think, yeah, I think there's just too many. Um, there's too many people that feel jaded by it. Um, the Darks, the Bloodborne board game, on the other hand, that is going to be Eric Lang. Yeah. And um, I, he didn't do a good. Okay, I don't think he did a good job with the card game. Um, no, I've not it was heard three much player. About it. it didn't work that well. I'm really, I'm excited for the board game because in terms of other things that he's done yeah, like Godfather remains very very high in my list for his playability a lot of Eric Lang stuff out there I absolutely adore um, so I'm interested to see what he does with this and how he plays it okay. but how close Curse, he stays to Curse this Curse of the Old World Curse of the Old World yes. yeah, still one of yes. my favourites yes Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm kind of looking, I'm kind of looking forward to, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, I'm very, very conscious of the time, sir. So, because oh, yeah. that's uh, gone quick. Yeah. <laughs> Have you actually exactly. spoken about anything yet? Um, yeah, we've got some not. things covered. Yeah, we've got some things yeah. covered. It's all we good. We didn't talk it's about biscuits good. at all. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I think everybody's had enough of biscuits. I think. I did, um, I did actually, because of you, I did go out and buy a big bag of uh, um, custard greens. Well, there you go. Well, I'm glad I'm helping kind of expand wastelines across the UK, Absolutely. which is always a is always a good thing. Um, Christmas was definitely a time of fasting. <laughs> <laughs> When's um, what's the timetable for sumo gnomes? Then where are you going with that? Well, I'm being cautious with it because I want to make sure it's. I'm not jumping the gun because uh, I'm also talk, going back to uh, social media presence and everything else. Um, no one really knows about it yet because it didn't exist three months ago. So I don't know whether it would be fruitless to take a game that no one's heard of um, to kickstart it by October 
or whether I can really sort of uh, do something which I'm not very good at, which is spend a lot of time on social media and various other ventures to try and actually get the awareness out there and get the buzz going so that when October comes about, um, there's enough people interested. I'm not sure how to do it yet, but in an ideal world, if it's if I feel like there's enough buzz around it, then I'd probably take it to Kickstarter in October, maybe end of September. Well, I mean, you've got your backers from Summoners Isle. Yeah, yeah, that's I, yeah. No, I'm and I'm incredibly grateful for what's that happened there. But I don't want to expect that even even if ten percent of those decided to back uh, Summoners, I'd be really happy and actually mildly surprised. To be fair. Um, because I was surprised that anyone backed in the first place, so it's yeah, it's, uh, it's always going to take me by surprise. But uh, shouldn't be too shouldn't be too hard on yourself. But um, no, I mean, um, if, if it all goes well, then it will be uh, yeah, a couple of months or a month after. No, uh, yeah, September, October. That's what I'm thinking in my head at the moment. I'm getting quotes in at the moment, um, just so I know how much I could potentially retail it for. I'd like it to be able to be sold for ten pounds. Because um, I think that fits really well with a a game you can just not you don't worry about spending ten pounds something you can put in your pocket and take ever really because you know you're going to get your money's worth out of it. Um, yeah, and uh, it does also doesn't matter you can take it out in the pub and not be too precious about it. Oh, I spilled some beer on the desk. Doesn't Absolutely. matter. It's fine. Um, it doesn't matter. It's all good. And uh, yeah, I can That's always good. make different options for it because it's kind of an open because it's quite simple. I could always make available. A selection of different. Um, uh, I'm going to say this wrong. Do, not dojo, is it? Dojo, dojo, the actual arena area. Um, I could make a selection of them and just put them all on the website, so people can just download them and print out different settings if they wish. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's that's what I'd like to go for. If I can keep it around the ten pound mark and get everything ready yeah. by end of July, so I'm ready for the Kickstarter. So this this time around, I was still doing, getting graphics made two weeks before the Kickstarter went live. Um, mm. Whereas I'd like to be a bit more prepared this time. I know I won't be, but I'd like to be more prepared. You never know. Uh, but uh, I'd also like to have a, a full prototype, or as close as I can get, of Death by Dungeon ready for UK Games Expo. Yeah. So by UK Games Expo, I'll have Summoners Isle, I'll have Sumo Gnomes pretty much ready and Death by Dungeon getting feedback. That, that would be the ideal scenario. Uh, I better let you go then, <laughs> so you can crack on. <laughs> and congratulations on um, Kickstarter though. That's gone really well. Oh, I can I just, you know... It's been, I it's, it's been, just... a, real, it's been a real chuckle. Uh, every time you do an update, it brings a smile. It's great. It's been good to follow. I... I didn't want to be too serious. I'm kind of like I'm. I'm kind of as I, as I put in the I think the last update. I kind of went. I feel like a bit of a fraud because I'm not actually send. I'm not actually sending anybody anything. It's kind of like get uncomfortable when people kind of say, "Oh, it's doing really, really well." And it's like, yeah, but I'm not. I'm kind of. I've invented this whole thing just to ask people to help me. Um, kind of keep the pod not keep the podcast going, but kind of make it easier to do and more accessible and to you know because that was you know that was one of the things so it's like yeah it's just kind of one of those weird things that um um 
I didn't. Ex- I, I put the level where it was because I didn't expect it where to get to. And then after the first kind of twelve hours when it funded, I was like going. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Somebody help me. It was quite scary. Well, so you're very... definitely offering something back. I mean, everyone knows what they're backing, and uh, it just is going to improve uh, what a lay on an already a layer up an already established thing that you've got going. So people will know that. Yeah. And I think they're probably looking forward to seeing what you're going to do. Uh, and yeah. just know it's nice to know that uh, it's going to continue as well because. A lot of good podcasts have disappeared over the years where it's like, well, we can't really afford to do it anymore. We've, we've got to carry on with life <laughs> and stuff. Um, and no, it was either, this or, it was either nice. this or it was, um, it was 300, 300 hours community service or doing this. <laughs> so, so, you know, so kids don't shoplift, just saying, because <laughs> you'll end up having to do like a tabletop podcast like me, you know, I'm just saying. Um, if people want to keep an eye on you um, to see what happens with all of these, this flourish of projects that you seem to be going to be putting out there, um, where do we find you on the interweb nets? Um, this place is, I mean, not that it's very easy to spell, but <laughs> uh, I'm on Facebook under Peculiarity UK. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's the Peculiarity website, which obviously I don't update as much as the. Uh, Facebook page. Um, I'm also on Twitter quite a lot and on Instagram, and that's under a different name just because I'm going to keep that okay. more personal. So it'll be projects that I'm working on, games that I've played, family stuff, food that I may have cooked, and stuff like that. But on uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram, they're both Gumley, G U M L E Y. Cool. Uh, so hey. that's about it, really. Excellent. Keep it simple. So Gumley and Peculiarity. I will. Um... I'll probably just do a control, control C, control V from the last time you were on, Robbie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like that. I'll just, co- I'll just copy the. Who reads the show notes anyway? I'll just copy the whole lot over. No, no, deal. no. I mean, obviously, I'll put them in the show notes Brilliant. so that we have notes to show. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, and um, the Kickstarter will have finished by the time this is out. Yeah. So. Um, big thank you to everybody. Yeah, thank, thank you, thank you for everybody who I've I've I'm not very good at this. Thank you very much for everybody who backed us and supported us. But if you want to continue to keep an eye on what we're up to, then go to Twitter, and go to Facebook, and go to YouTube, and go to Instagram, and search for We Are Not Wizards, and you'll find us there. You can go to all the various podcast catchers, um, like your Stitcher and Spreaker and Acast and Castbox and. Podknife and Podbean, who are our podcast hosts and they're absolutely fantastic. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts as well. And um, if you do like what you've heard tonight, there's two things you can do. Just tell someone else. You know, we um, get most of our listeners through kind of word of mouth and uh, small bribes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, small bribes <laughs> cost money. And uh, if you, you know, if you send it to your friends, you know, send it to you send it to your enemies you know uh, just you know if you do you think somebody would like listening to the show then send us our way um if you like us even more then consider going to apple Podcasts and dropping us a subscription or dropping us a rating or a review and as we say um don't give us 10 stars because um makes us big-headed but don't give us one star because it makes us cry 
and I'm 44 now. And the more I cry, the worse I look. I look like a <laughs> melted candle um, when I cry. Um, so give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average. We're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average tonight is a rather wonderful, rather fantastic, Mr. Robbie Mann. <laughs> Round of applause from whatever. Um... There's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Robbie? Definitely not. And the second thing to do is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Robbie. Say goodbye, Robbie. Take care. And he didn't say goodbye, Robbie. I (laughs) I am amazed. I'm astounded. I'm surprised. I'm slightly kind of confused now. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. And um, if you miss the Summoner's Isle, then keep an eye for little gnomes playing sumo against each other or maybe a dungeon. But until the next time, goodbye. Bye. A wizard is never late. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to.